It was a big weekend for football here in the state of Wisconsin. One team responded. One team didn't. Thank goodness the Bucks are back in action, and we'll close things out today talking about a college football upset that happened right here in Cheesehead country that no one's talking about. We'll get to it all next. 414 Sports Podcast, powered by Sewer Ninjas and presented by My Pro Realty ERA Real Estate. Let's go. Instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, powered by Sewer Ninjas No Dig Sewer Repair, and presented by ERA, My Pro Realty in Brookfield. Let's go. I'm Don Wachillas. Thank you so much for logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Spotify, Google, Apple, or any of the other five platforms that we currently reside on. Glad to have you on board for this Monday. Our thanks to Sewer Ninjas for being one of our sponsors here on the 414 Sports Podcast. Sewer Ninjas dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They have the ability to repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. Sewer Ninjas is a local family business that takes pride in every job, big or small. When you need help, turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. That's 414-250-8605. And maybe the guys up at 1265 Lombardi Avenue should give Sewer Ninjas a call and go ahead and flush whatever is in the system up there and get rid of it so we can get this team moving in the right direction because continually in the last three weeks, they've definitely not done that. Yesterday, losing to the Washington Commanders, 23-21. to What we saw once again was a team that simply lacks playmakers, and they lack playmakers all across the board. We did have one instance, we'll get to when we talk about the defense, where something positive did happen, and it's probably one of the few things positively that took place with regards to the Green Bay Packers. But let's start on the offensive side first. Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 35, 194 yards, two touchdowns. Very pedestrian for a future Hall of Fame quarterback. And the part that will be intuitively incensed by many will be, as the week progresses, we are going to hear the same speak we've heard all year long, which is we've got to get the ball to our playmakers. Well, you don't have many. And number two, we've got to run the ball more. Well, that's because the couple of playmakers that you have, they exist in the backfield. And so, once again, what did we see yesterday? We saw Aaron Jones, eight carries, 23 yards. A.J. Dillon, four carries, 15 yards. We continually talk about needing to run the football, and yet we don't do it. We continually run an offense 
that we're trying to replicate that we've run over the last couple of years, and we've been able to run that offense because we had playmakers on the perimeter. Those playmakers don't exist right now on this team. Alan Lazard is probably your most capable wide receiver at this point, and he went out yesterday injured. Sammy Watkins, my goodness, for all the talk about bringing in Sammy Watkins, he looks like a shell of what he used to be, and maybe that's why he's bounced around the league over the last couple of years. Robert Tunyon continues to be Robert Tunyon, and I say that in a good way because he'll make you a play now and then, but he only had three receptions for 32 yards. How we are not getting anything on the productive side as far as the offense goes falls on Matt LaFleur. Stop trying to run an offense that you've run over the last couple of years with Devontae Adams as your primary wide receiver who could perform Superman-like catches in the midst of a football game. You don't have that. And so right now you've got to restructure how you do things, and yet you say it, but you don't do it. Secondly, we've got to put some more pressure on Brian Gutekind, the general manager. Brian Gutekind, who built this team, built this team around the fact that they thought Jordan Love was going to be the heir apparent. And we know the soap opera. There's no sense in getting into the soap opera again and again and again. But yet, that's what the plans were. And so we've invested a ton of money, a ton of resources, a ton of draft picks, that's where the resources are, on defense. Thinking that, all right, we get the defense shored up when we make this transition from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, at least the defense can keep us in games. And if Jordan Love can play almost like Taylor Heineke did yesterday, you got a chance to win. But we got nervous when Aaron Rodgers talked about leaving Aaron Rodgers put and played a little Russian roulette with the Green Bay Packers and the Packers blinked and gave him a ton of money Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw to and the thumb might be dinged up and it might have a greater impact than what we're letting on but nonetheless the receiving core just isn't there they cannot get separation And when the ball is thrown where it needs to be, we're dropping way too many. And in some cases, the ball isn't where it's supposed to be. And some of that falls on Aaron Rodgers. Now, on the defensive side of things, as we were talking about all these resources, excuse me, that we've put in, Devondre Campbell yesterday finally did something the defensive uh, backs haven't been able really to do or anybody else on the defense for that matter. Devondre Campbell gets the pick and a really nice cover-and-rip type play on the defense against Taylor Heineke and goes 62 yards and gets the Packers to score. And you thought, okay, if the offense is struggling a little bit, maybe it'll be the defense that steps in and does what it needs to do in order to get this team moving in the right direction. We're going to talk about the Badgers on the other side of the break, and the Badgers yesterday got off to a fast start, helped by their defense, and it kind of helped propel them, get some momentum going, something they desperately needed. You've kind of felt as if Devondre Campbell's interception and pick for the score would have been what the Packers needed to inject a little bit of juice into this team. And instead, it went the exact opposite direction. Again, the offense continues to flutter. The defense, I think, was getting worn out. But then the defensive backfield, 
really got played yesterday. And Jair Alexander, in the pregame show on the radio in an interview uh, done with ESPN, was talking about, and I'll paraphrase, essentially, if you want to see the best, just put in the tape. Well, I'm afraid, Jair, if we put in the tape today, I don't think you'd be real happy with the fact that there were some big plays that came in your direction and you were unable to defend. Now, he's not the only one. That entire backfield, Rasul Douglas, you you can go through the entire list. Nobody was able really to step up and do what they needed to do. Eric Stokes got upset because he got called for illegal contact, but as the replay showed, and the fact that the NFL has greater emphasis on it, I mean, we can argue whether or not you know receivers are being coddled as far as their ability to, to execute and get separation on a defensive back, but as the letter of the law, the rule, however you want to phrase it, is written, Eric Stokes committed the penalty, which erased another defensive touchdown, potentially a defensive touchdown, by the Green Bay Packers. And at that moment, when that took place, it seemed to put the Packers on their heels. They never seemed to be able to respond and then you go ahead and get that 23-21 to 21 loss. Now, let's look ahead for a moment. It doesn't get any easier. The potential here for Green Bay, it, it's kind of horrific right now of where this thing could be within the next six weeks. By the time we get to the first week of December, where the Packers could be, again, it's chilling. They could easily be 3-8 and eight going into the first week of December. So next week you have a Sunday night game against Buffalo in Buffalo. Then you go to play the Lions. Now the Lions are markedly better than what they have been in the past. They've been shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. They had a chance to beat the Cowboys yesterday. Made some mistakes down the end. It cost them the game but they're a much better ball club than they have been in years past. And the Packers have always struggled in Detroit, much like the Badgers always struggle when they go to Northwestern. The Packers always struggle when they go to Detroit. Then the Cowboys come to town. We were all excited for that matchup, and now eh, you worry. You worry about every single game. Then it's a Thursday night game at home against the Titans on national TV. Then you have to go to Philadelphia and play the Eagles, who are probably the hottest team right now in all of football. And then that first week of December, on the 4th, you play the Bears in Chicago. And who knows what the Bears are going to be. The Bears could easily ascend a little bit because that's a team like Detroit that's kind of closer than where they've been in the last few years but continually do things that cost them games. Or will the Bears be the Bears, and maybe that's the team you get healthy against? I don't know. And then you have to factor in something that we talked about a while back when the schedule came out, which was how many of these teams the Packers will play either A, coming off a bye, or B, coming off an extra day's rest. Some of these teams will have a Thursday night game prior to playing the Packers, so they'll have a couple of extra days rest before playing Green Bay. Some teams, as I noted, will have a bye, so they'll have that extra week of preparation. This is going to get ugly and ugly quick. And, of course, what do we need to do? Well, of course, we need to trade for a wide receiver, but who's out there? Who can you get right now 
that will fit into the system and give you some sort of immediate impact. And everybody talks about Odell Beckham Jr. Well, Odell would have been a great offset if you would have kept Devontae Adams. Think if you would have kept Devontae Adams and were able to bring Odell Beckham Jr. as that second wide receiver. And then if you had a healthy Randall Cobb and then an Alan Lazard and some of these younger guys that you could have worked in, now you're talking. Odell Beckham Jr. ain't coming here. Not the way this team is playing. There, There's no way he's going to be one of those that's going to be down the stretch looking to play with a contender, and right now that is not us. So we keep looking at Romeo Dobbs, who shows flashes, but he's not there yet. Sammy Watkins, as I said earlier, is a shell. I, where are you going to go with this? And then finally, the other thing that is absolutely shocking to me is the depletion of the offensive line. It, the Packers right now, this offensive line is not working. They've they've had David Bakhtiari in and out and in and out, out this past week again. That knee is not rehabilitating the way he had hoped, the Packers had hoped, and I don't know if we're ever going to get David Bakhtiari the way David Bakhtiari had been. If this continues, you almost wonder if there's going to be talk of a buyout and have David Bakhtiari released into free agency when this season concludes because it just doesn't appear as if that knee is going to come back and allow him to play at the level he once did. And so you're making all of these adjustments on the offensive line, which used to be your strength. I said this in the last podcast, you know, between the Badgers and the Packers, one thing you could count on was the offensive line play and both teams have struggled mightily this year and so yeah we do need to run the ball well and yes the offensive line has to play better but we got to give it a better shot than what we're doing we have to give it a better shot than running our two running backs a combined total of 12 times if you're serious about running the ball then run the ball but don't tell us you're serious about running the ball run it 12 times and still try and do all of the stuff you've been, as I said before, doing in the past few years with players who don't have the same skill set yet. That doesn't mean they won't evolve and develop and contain that skill set in a couple of years, but it doesn't exist yet. And so if if you're going to be stubborn, Coach LaFleur, and, and continue to do what you think you're going to be able to do in the fashion that you're doing it currently, ain't going to work. Brian Goonkiss, if you don't start looking to bring some players in here, I don't care who they are. I don't even need a name. I just need somebody who can get some separation. I need somebody with some speed who can catch the ball. I need somebody up front who can block a little bit. I need a defensive coordinator that isn't afraid to gamble a little bit, that isn't afraid to scheme some of his guys on blitzes to get them into the backfield and create some disruption. I need some defensive backs who not only cover, but aren't afraid to come up and hit somebody. The tackling yesterday was atrocious, just atrocious. The yards after catch that the receivers for Washington had yesterday was just mind-boggling. There's a lot that needs to get fixed on this Green Bay Packer team, and unfortunately, I think we're too deep into the season right now 
that we're going to see a major turnaround, and this team really right now is in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. And it might be a good thing. Maybe this is what Green Bay needs. Maybe this is that, you know, take off the white gloves in a bad French movie and get and the soldier slaps the other guy across the face with it. Maybe that's exactly what this team needs right now because they keep going back to the well. The well is empty, and you're going to need to figure something out. So it's a, it's, a rough, it's a rough road right now for the Packers, who will again play on Sunday night against the Buffalo Bills, who arguably are one of the best teams in all of football this year. And so we'll, we'll see what Coach LaFleur and the rest have to say moving forward as the week progresses. On the other side of this timeout, there was a team also that has been struggling, but they answered the bell on Saturday, and that's our Wisconsin Badgers. We'll talk about the Badgers in just a sec. about the Badgers. We've got a nice win on Saturday, but before we do that, this segment being brought to you by Eric Ulvog and his staff at MyPro Realty ERA Real Estate in Brookfield, your go-to team. Whenever you need local experts, give them a call for any of your real estate needs at 414-467-1030. Once again, that's 414-467-1030. So the Badgers get that 35-24 win again against Purdue on homecoming in Madison. It is the 16th time that the Badgers have beaten the Purdue Boilermakers, and it was everything you had hoped for as a Badger fan watching Saturday's game. One, you saw the defense respond even without Nick Herbig. They were able to make plays when they needed to. Number two, you saw Graham Mertz orchestrate the offense the way you had hoped to see it, and you saw Bobby Ingram allowing Graham Mertz to throw more on first down, which softened the defense, which took eight out of the box, and then allowed Braylon Allen to rush for 113 yards. There were so many facets in Saturday's game, and things had to go right, but there were so many facets that you had to be pleased for interim head coach Jim Leonard, the way he got that team to respond. So Jim Leonard, as the interim head coach now, is 2-1. and one, And quite honestly, could easily be 3-0 and oh, if not for some of the errors and mistakes that took place on the road at Michigan State. And still, within all of those errors and mistakes, still found themselves in overtime against the Spartans. But now with wins against Purdue, who's probably the best team of the group since Jim Leonard took over as interim head coach, it was a great sign to see that this wasn't going to be a team that would just go ahead and beat Northwestern as the season moved forward because Northwestern has had its issues throughout this year and you just don't want to have a win against a marginal team. Saturday's win against Purdue kind of gives you a little bit of faith moving forward. Now, I'm taking the Badgers out of any mix as far as winning the Big Ten West. After that Northwestern game, there was a path. 
that had you beaten Michigan State, had you beaten Purdue like you've seen here and kind of run the table, there was a path for you to get to the Big Ten Championship. And with everything said and done, yes, you'd have to probably play Ohio State once again. And if you had to play Ohio State, they'd probably beat you 700 to nothing. But just getting there after the way this season began would have been a milestone in the first place. But then after the loss to the Spartans, that equation becomes null and void. So instead now, it's what do we do going down the stretch? And so the Badgers, with that win against Purdue, you keep waiting now, can we take any of these wins and get some momentum, please? What's happened so far this year is that you've won, one week looked really good, and then the following week it looked like you'd never played football before. And then you bounce back and play really well, and then you play poorly. Well, you bounce back after a tough loss against Michigan State to win against Purdue. Now we've got to see if we can move that thing forward. If we can move this thing forward and gain a little momentum and play football, Wisconsin football, I mean, at least – on Saturday, we even saw that offensive line that I have been highly critical of this year play a hundred times better than what they have at different points throughout this season. So that was a good sign. Again, Graham Mertz hitting targets, throwing on first down, Bobby Ingram allowing this team to throw on first down and soften the defense. We saw Braylon Allen not have to be so tentative once he hit the line, just finding a hole and going. There were so many positives, and I and I get it. There will be those things that I'm sure Jim Leonard will be talking about with his team that need to be corrected when they do film study. But there were so many positives this week that you had to love what the Badgers did. And now as they get ready to take on Maryland this upcoming week at home once again, we just need, once again, for the momentum to continue. And I'll say this, and I said this on our radio show on Friday night. Here comes the shameless plug, Journey House College Sports Show, that you will hear here locally on 97.3 The Game. You'll find it anywhere on iHeartRadio Friday nights again from 7 to 9. For me, take the interim tag off of Jim Leonard. Let's, let's just make him head coach. I don't know the legalities of being a public institution and how many weeks you have to have the job posted and those various elements that come into play when you're Wisconsin. But if those elements have been taken care of, let's erase the interim tag and just make Jim Leonard the head coach because we're seeing a group of young men that will play for him. We're seeing the way he's coaching these young men. They've responded after a tough loss. He's done everything you've needed, as far as I'm concerned, to show that he deserves to be the next head coach of the Badgers. It would have had to been a absolute nightmare if this team would have, let's say, lost to Northwestern, got manhandled by Michigan State, got manhandled by Purdue. Then I can understand waiting this out and seeing where you're going to go from there, but that hasn't been the case. And in this day and age, with the transfer portal, and early signing periods and all of the other elements that come into play with college athletics, let's go ahead and take the interim tag off. Let's make Jim Leonard the next head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's move forward and let's hope, let's hope that they get another win at home as Maryland comes into 
town. We're going to take another quick break on the other side. The Bucks are back at it. It's time for that championship run to begin. So we'll talk a little bit about our hometown NBA former champions. And as the season progresses, what can we expect? We'll talk about it in just a sec. of trying to regain, I'll say it, their rightful ascent to the throne in the NBA and going for another championship, now trying to dethrone the Golden State Warriors. And they're off to a good start in trying to get that done, beating Philadelphia on the road to open the season. Wesley Matthews with a nice three-pointer down the stretch. But once again, the one we're all watching, as we always do, is Giannis. Giannis has played well exceptionally well did so again against Houston the home opener on Saturday night gets 44 points on 28 minutes and you just have to love a the energy that you're seeing from this Milwaukee Bucks team with the likes of Chris Middleton not being able to play yet coming off that knee injury so the Bucks trying to go as long as they can and letting these guys rest and stay healthy and hopefully once Somebody like Chris Middleton returns. It just adds another element to your offense. But in the interim, Jordan Nawara. Hello, Jordan Nawara, and welcome to the Milwaukee Bucks. He has played exceptionally well, excuse me, and so has Brooke Lopez. You can tell Brooke Lopez is not feeling, at least early on here, any sort of hindrance with that back issue that he had last year. He's almost looking rejuvenated out there on the floor so that's a welcome sight so there's so many elements to this Milwaukee Bucks team that have to make you feel positive and excited about where this season could go there's a whole lot of time yet for this season to take place obviously we're only two games in there's a ton of games to go before we even start wrapping our mind around a potential championship run you see some pundits already upset that their team started 0-2, and, and what does that mean? And it's, I get it, you know, you've got to talk about something, you've got to write about something with all of the different podcasts and radio shows and articles and blogs and everything else that are out there. You've got to find your way to get yourself heard, so to speak, and so we, we lose our minds after losing two games. Now, quite honestly, the only team out there right now that's 0-2 that really needs to kind of think about what this season is going to be, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers just don't have anybody on that team that can shoot from the perimeter consistently. You've got unbelievable players, but you just don't have consistent perimeter shooting, and it's been exposed already in these first two games, and what could take place out there could be... kind of as the season moves forward. And the only reason I bring it up is my heart goes out to Darvin Ham, who has been such an integral part to the Milwaukee Bucks growth over the last few years, finally gets his opportunity to become a head coach. 
and yet he has been handcuffed to a team right now that has unbelievable um, contracts tied into some players who I think they would like to trade but can't because of the nature of their contracts. You got a lot of egos to deal with there, and Darvin Ham's got to negotiate those landmines day in and day out. And so for his sake, out of anybody on the Los Angeles Lakers, I hope they experience some sort of success this year because I don't want this by any means to cloud anyone's judgment on what Darvin Ham can do. And I think Darvin Ham is and will be an excellent head coach in the NBA. I think he's in an incredibly difficult situation out there. And so we'll have to see how things go. Before we close out this thing on the Bucks. Giannis hits a free throw uh, the other night, and it moves him past now Sidney Moncrief to be the number one as far as free throws go. He, he gets to that number one spot. He's now has 3,506 free throws, as I said, or if I didn't say, surpassing Sidney Moncrief. So there's another milestone for the Greek freak. So the Bucks. Heading into this week with a 2-0 start, we'll see how things progress, and we hope these guys continue to play with the effort and energy that we're seeing early on, and we keep our fingers crossed and we pray to the skies above that the injury bug eludes them this year, and hopefully we get the opportunity to see our team make another run at an NBA championship. We're going to close things out here on the 414 Sports Podcast in just a moment. We'll take a small break, and on the other side, we had a major upset in college football right here in the state of Wisconsin, and because of everything that's going on with the Badgers and the Packers and the Bucks, and the fact that we've got uh, baseball taking up some of the headlines in the sports pages and on the newscasts, this particular game I think got completely overlooked, but not here. We'll talk about it in just a minute. All right, as we get ready to close out this edition of the 414 Sports Podcast, our thanks to Sewer Ninjas, dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They have the ability to repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. Sewer Ninja is a local family business that takes pride in every job, big or small, when you need help. Turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call at 414-250-8605. Also want to thank my pro realty era real estate in brookfield as well as eric ulvog and his staff they are your go-to team whenever you need local experts you can give them a call for any of your real estate needs you'll find them at 414-467-1030 once again 414-467-1030 my pro real estate era real estate firm in Brookfield. And with that, let's close things out with a bit of an upset in the world of college football that happened right here in the state of Wisconsin that got a bit 
overlooked. And that was the Battle for the Miners Acts in Platteville as the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater took on the pioneers of UW-Platteville. Whitewater, the number three ranked team in the nation going into the game. We've got four teams in the WEAC that are ranked in the top 25 in the country. Whitewater, as I noted, being number three. And Platteville comes away with the win 17 to 13. So congratulations to the pioneers of Platteville for coming away with a huge win. And right now that just turns the WEAC upside down. This is going to be a fun season within the WEAC. If you're not paying attention, you might want to because it's one of the best Division Three conferences in football and basketball you'll find anywhere in the country at that level. And right now with Whitewater losing this past week to the Pioneers, as I said, of Platteville, you're going to have a race down the line to see who will win this and get the automatic berth into the Division Three playoffs. And I guarantee the way this season has progressed with the number of teams that have ascended into the top 25, you could easily see beyond the automatic bid two, if not three more teams being given at-large bids. When you only take 32 teams around the country to play in the tournament, at the Division Three level to gain an opportunity to go for a national championship, that's a lot, and it means a ton of respect for the WEAC. So, again, if you haven't kept an eye on it, keep an eye on it because they're about to beat each other up here down the stretch, and it will make for some entertaining football here, as I noted, in the state of Wisconsin. That will do it for us. Thanks once again for logging in and joining us. I'm Don Wachillas. Have yourself a great week. Take care of one another, and we'll talk to you in a couple of days.